toleration be the love before pride and exaltation be the love be the love you are listening to be the love to awaken our souls we are souls on the journey and our mission is to awaken all humans to a higher state of consciousness and live vibrantly as spiritual beings We are here to open up the conversation to heal, awaken, and connect ourselves and the planet to a higher vibration of love frequency. I am Stacey Musial. And I am Brenda Carey. And we are your co-hosts at Be The Love Podcast. Thank you for tuning in and ascending with us. It starts with you. Everything you need is within you. This is your time. This is Adrienne Elise of the Supernova Soul Tribe. This is Nicholas David Mann. Namaste. My name is Nistella Joy Davy. This is Ron Interpreter, and you're listening to Be the Love Podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of Be the Love to Awaken Our Souls. This episode is sponsored by Tom Palladino with Scalar Light. Sign up and receive your 30-day free Scalar Light healing at scalarlight.com. And you can listen to our interviews with Tom and the amazing benefits and healing potential in episodes 73, 78, and 90. I've personally been receiving the Scalar Light daily and have noticed the shifts in my energy, including deeper sleep with the chakra balancing, energy clearing, and nutrient support. And it's also a beautiful gift that I've been able to provide for my family. I am Stacy Musial. And I am Brenda Carey with our special guest, Peter Berv. And we are your co-hosts and souls on the journey. And we would like to thank our Patreon supporters for allowing this weekly conscious conversation. We are so grateful for all the support we have received with monthly donations on Patreon, the five-star written reviews on iTunes, and the connection within our Awakening Souls Facebook community. We are on a mission to raise the consciousness of humans and the planet, and we need your help. So please spread the word to your family and friends and join us every week. And if you like what you hear, support us in a way that raises your vibration to love. And if it feels safe for you, I'd like to begin by inviting you to get centered with us. I'd like to begin by inviting you to take a beautiful cleansing breath in through your nose and out through your mouth, releasing anything that is keeping you from being present. And take another deep breath in through your nose, breathing in calm, peaceful, loving energy, and breathing out anything you are ready to release in this moment. And take one more breath in through your nose, breathing in light and love for yourself. And imagine breathing that light and love and sending it back to all of humanity, remembering that you always, always have your breath to come back to. Our guest today is Peter Berv. Having been born with missing bones in his right leg, Peter's life started a little differently, being thrust into a path of self-discovery and healing. Peter has traveled the world over, having explored many traditions and practices pertaining to the body, mind, and spirit. 
In 2000, Peter was struck by lightning and had a near-death experience where he had an experience of the other side and was told he had work to do. Shortly after this, Peter spent a few years as a monk in India and Colorado, living a lifestyle of contemplation and service. Wanting to be more connected to humanity, his own included, life brought Peter all the lessons of marriage, parenting, divorce, finding love again, entrepreneurship, and all the responsibilities and highs and lows we all must go through to find balance and learn the lessons necessary for our soul growth. Peter found the human design system in 2010 and dove into his studies, eventually becoming a certified analyst. Some of Peter's accomplishments include having recorded over 10 albums of original music, maintaining a successful massage and healing practice since 1998, given over 500 human design readings as a certified human design analyst, and maintaining a shamanic arts practice and mentoring program since 2015. He lives outside of Denver, Colorado with his wife and two children. Thank you so much for being here with us today, Peter. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure and honor to be here with you. Yes. So let's start off by telling us about your journey and what has led you down this spiritual path. Well, like, kind of like you just read about, you know, it all started with my birth, really. <laughs> um, having a little bit of a abnormal birth with missing bones in my leg. I, uh, I think that actually thrust my family into an alternative healing exploration. So it got my mother into acupuncture and color therapy and all these other different kinds of alternative therapies. And, and then uh, eventually my older brother got into polarity and all these different kinds of uh, alternative healing as well. And, and then they just started sharing that with me. And I think it inspired me. And my mother was into meditation and started taking me to, to see her, her guru with her. And when I was young and so I was just introduced to these things at a young age and, and then just developed my own inclinations and serendipitously started studying shamanism with a, a shaman that I uh, was fortunate to have met in, in high school and started studying these things at a young age and had just had these strong inclinations. So, you know, the day I left high, the day I finished high school, I pretty much packed my bags and, and hit the road and started traveling the world and exploring different intentional communities and uh, spiritual communities and, and all different types of ideologies and, and practices all over the place. So, and then I had this uh, near death experience at 23 years old. And that really um, opened a lot of things up for me in terms of just my relationship to to the soul journey, <laughs> you know, having seen with my, my very own soul and, and being shown that we're, we're all here on a, a soul journey to, to learn and grow with the lessons that we all, all need for our own personal growth. So, and then, yeah, just, it keeps unfolding. And from there, you know, and then it's, those are the kind of cosmic things, but you know, it keeps unfolding in the most mundane and mystical ways. <laughs> Wow, that sounds like quite the experience, quite the journey and everything, like you said, has just been unfolding in this beautiful way. And I'd love to hear more about your work with shamanism. What can you tell us about your experiences around that? Sure. Well, you know, my understanding of shamanism is 
it's really just about understanding energy. It's understanding, you know, what's operating behind the scenes. Where do, where do our intentions originate from? Where do our wounds originate from? How do we track that energy? So, you know, I think in shamanism, such a buzzword these days and, and people have their own specific associations and, and likes or dislikes around what that means. But for me, ultimately, it's just about understanding energy and where energy, how energy moves, where it comes from and, and how we can track it and work with it consciously. Thank you. Yeah, uh, it sounds beautiful. And I know you do a lot of work with human design and I'm wondering if you can share one about what is human design and, Mm -hmm. you know, how do we, I know talking a little bit about integrating the two, the shamanism with the human design, but maybe first give us a little background on what the human Mm -hmm. design is. Sure. Yeah. So human design is a system that shows us the, the microcosm and the macrocosm and the full spectrum of the human experience and the human matrix and the human phenomena within a mandala and within a body graph, which we can actually use to, to, to recognize the microcosm and the macrocosm and how it all lives inside of us and how it all gets imprinted in our own unique way. So those are, those are kind of fancy words. Those are, that's, uh, all this microcosm, macrocosm, all this stuff, but it's, it's, it's a system that really shows us how we're each built differently. And it shows it from a genetic level. It shows it from the astrological level. Uh, and, and it's kind of a quantum of several esoteric and exoteric systems, you know, from, um, neuroscience and physics and genetics. And we say it's a, a combination of these esoteric systems of the chakras and astrology and the Kabbalah and the I Ching, but it's really, it's a quantum of all of those. It goes beyond all of those. It transcends all of those. And so it has, has very mystical beginnings. It was, it was given to, to someone in a revelation, but it has very, practical applications. It's incredibly practical. We can apply it into our daily life. And, and again, like I said, and and we can apply it in in mundane ways and mystical ways. And, but it's, you know, ultimately a tool to recognize how we're each built differently. And it shows, it shows the very specific mechanics of that. So it, it can really help us understand who we are and not only who we are, but who we're not. (laughs) And in, under, in seeing who we're not, it helps us to turn our attention back to who we are. So because human design has this incredible view that it gives us of showing us our fixed nature, but also where we're open, where our sensitivity lies, but how our sensitivity, you know, our mind kind of overcompensates and creates these overcompensating behaviors that end up taking over our lives and end up being problems, you know, the problems that we're always trying to fix and deal with. And so human design gives us this view to show us that's where your openness lies. It's not where you're really meant to be focusing all your awareness. So by turning it back to your fixed nature and then showing you how to make decisions according to that, it helps us to align with our authentic frequency. So in its most practical application, it's a decision-making tool. 
and a tool to help us love ourselves as we are. I'd say those are the two most important applications of it. Sounds like it's like a very deep dive into energy healing and personal growth and can be quite eye-opening. So for someone like myself, who's not super familiar with human design, I feel like I know a tiny bit Mm -hmm. um, and I've done like the free quiz online kind of thing. Can you give us, you mentioned it's a a decision-making tool. Can you give us either like a, a personal example or an example from your client of like, kind of like how this, how this is used practically as a decision-making tool and and kind of just give us an idea of what that looks like day to day. Sure. The overall basis of that is that it gives us signs that our body tells us to pay attention to. While most of us are trying to make decisions with our mind and human design informs us that the mind can never really be the authority of our lives. The mind is filled with layer upon layer of conditioning. Now, the mind is very powerful. You know, you think something long and hard enough, you'll attract it. It'll come into your life. It's very, the mind is an amazing tool, but it's not meant to be the decision maker. It's not meant to be the authority. So there's different types in human design. Each type has um, what we call a strategy that helps you to move through life with the least resistance. And then each individual has different centers defined and kind of, they're kind of like chakras. We we've evolved human design explains to us that we've evolved to nine centered beings. And out of those nine centers, depending which ones you have defined, which are consistently operating in your, in your life, is what you can recognize to pay attention to, to make a decision. So, so for myself, um, I'm a type called a manifesting generator, which is a type of generator. So all generators are here to follow their strategy of what's called response, responding, where it comes down to, um, it's really about your sacral center, which could be compared to the second chakra. And that center makes noises. It makes, and it says three things. It says yes, no, or I don't know. And it says them through sounds. So like a yes is mm-hmm, and a no is mm-mm, and I don't know is eh. So by learning to be asked questions, by learning to live through response, you know, in other words, by letting life come to you and then hearing the sounds you make, hearing the energy that comes out of you, you can hear your authentic response that your body can't lie about. It's redundant, but yeah, it's your body can't lie. So, so it makes those, it makes these sounds. And so you can say, Oh, wow. I heard myself say, yeah, sure. But you know, that was a no, you know, when a a real yes is yeah, you know, it's this gut response. And so by starting to recognize the, the sounds I make and the tones and the energy behind those sounds, I can follow that. And so when it comes to decision-making, you know, on our own, we can sit there and spin, you know, loop these questions in our head over and over again. Should I do this? Should I do that? You know, what was that experience about? What do I, how do I want to move forward with this or that? And if someone just comes and asks you the question, mm, the answer just comes right out. It's, it's a bypass. It's, it's bypassing the mind. And so you, your body just can't lie. So it, it, it's an amazing tool to embody. And, and 
I mean, that's what I was shown in my, in my near-death experience was life is about getting in the body. We came here to embody. We came here to embody fully. It's not about taking off and blissing out all the way. You know, it's about embracing the highs and lows, embracing even the hard things that we go through. So, and, and almost having a, an acceptance of those things where it sort of neutralizes the good or bad around that. So human design almost, it's almost a path of, I find it almost comparable to the non-dual path, <laughs> you know, where not good, not bad. It's just, it all just is what it is. So I kind of went back to that previous question there, but so yeah, maybe I answered your question about my own process of decision-making. Well, thank you. Yeah. I think, you know, having had a reading with you, Peter, uh, I thought that it was the most probably validating experience because it really, you know, helped me to dive deeper into knowing myself and to validate those parts that I always maybe thought there was something wrong or that I, you know, didn't know how to trust in my own intuition and abilities. And so I too am a manifestor generator, you know, and so my tendency is to work really hard and and go, go, go until like I'm tired and need to rest. And, and, you know, and so that is my tendency, but also to step in and really learn to listen for those mm-hmm's or uh-uh's. And, and even if it's something that I really want to do, you know, taking the, the, mm-mm, you know, that no, and, and honoring that, um, really begins to also open up for the path that I'm really supposed to be on and, and to listen to. And so I just want to say that was just a very validating experience mm-hmm. for me and helped me. Yeah. Just learn such a deeper way and, and to trust the, that part of me that is like, okay, well, this is part of my human design. This is right. who I am. It's not because the culture is telling me there's something wrong. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to interject here really quick for the more novice person to human design. Um, so I'm hearing manifesting generator. And when I did my little you know, free online quiz, I also came up as that. And I think with like solar plexus chakra, and I'm hearing you say, Peter, like the different types of human design. So can you, for more of the novice um, learner to this, can, can you give us like an insight? Like what are the different types? I understand kind of the concept of manifesting generator, but mm-hmm. maybe give us kind of an overview of like, if someone does take an online quiz, like what type might show up for them? And then like, what do they do with that after, after that? Like, what would be the next step? Sure, sure. So there's, there, when we talk about type in human design, what we're referring to is a type of aura. This is a, also what we call the study of aura mechanics. So everyone's, you know, aura, everyone's energetic field moves through the world in a different way. And so by understanding your aura, you understand how you interact with others, how you either create flow or how you meet resistance with the other or with the situations in your life. So there's four different auric types and they all serve a role. They all serve a purpose. And so there's manifestors, projectors, reflectors, and generators. And manifestors are the only type that's actually here to initiate they can when they get clear on what's correct for them when when i say correct i mean according to how they're 
how they're how they're built when they you know you like i said recognizing that inner yes or recognizing the clarity inside like yeah when you recognize what's what's right for you then you could they could initiate they don't have to wait for anything outside themselves and they're here to make an impact on on humanity and so they're very powerful beings they used to be like the kings and queens of the of the planet and set impactful ideas and actions into motion and but they're not necessarily the ones who are here to make those things to take the action they're the generators are the builders the generators and manifesting generators are the ones that are here to are the worker bees of the planet and the the builders of the planet and they um 70 yeah 70 percent of humanity are are generators so we live on a generator planet most of the the planet has a generator frequency so that is something that most people can relate to now projectors are kind of like the new emerging leaders that are this other type and they're they're meant to guide the energy they're kind of like you know the the manifestors put something into action the generators are are the ones that are meant to be busy making all those things happen but projectors are are the ones with a very penetrating awareness that can guide the generators but they're not like meant to be leaders in the way that manifestors were they are their guides so they need to be invited they need to be recognized for their penetrating awareness to guide humanity so they play a very special role they play about 20 percent of humanity are so about one in five people are, are projectors and then we have reflectors who are very different type they're one percent of humanity and just since i'm saying that manifestors are about eight eight or nine percent of humanity so that last one percent is is reflectors and they're like the evaluators they're the ones if you look at a reflector chart they don't have any centers colored in they don't have any centers defined so they're they're very sensitive to picking up on all the nuances of the group of the environment that they're in and they can pick up on you know the elephant in the room or the the changes that might be going on under the surface and can point those out to the group to reflect you know what's the health of the environment or or whatever's there to be re reflected so we all serve a certain role and um, each of the types play a role and we all need each other we all are are interdependent thank you so much for that that brings a lot of clarity around because i hear a lot of you know buzzwords around human design but i wasn't exactly sure like how those different categories fit and the percentages are really interesting mm -hmm, um mm -hmm. And it kind of makes me want to retake my quiz again. <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, so t talking about validation, imagine you've been living in this generator environment, generator planet, and, and you're a projector or, or any type that's not a generator. It, it, it's, it makes, you know, and, there, and it could be with anything in your design that is not part of the mainstream, you know, narrative and, and saying, oh, no wonder why I've always felt different. No wonder why I, you know, I felt like an outsider or a freak or why I could read everybody's mind or why I could feel everybody's feelings or whatever it might be. It explains so many of those things. So, it, you know, that's why I consider it a shamanic tool. 
You know, when, once you can see all these energies that are operating behind the scenes, you know, there's, there's empowerment there. You're, I guess another way you could say it is you can use it for, for white magic or, or black magic too, because you, I mean, ideally we want to use it for constructive, you know, healing and awareness and, and, and self-love and all that. So, but, um, you know, that's how I see it as a shamanic tool. That's how it can be used in that way is we all want to understand where ourselves and each other and understand how we're different as well. This is also called the science of differentiation. So when, you know, you put two people together, even if you're the most compatible and your chemistry is just off the charts, there's always going to be areas where you're different, where you see things different. And that's usually where the problem comes in, in relationships. So when we can understand each other's differences, then we can love each other for those differences. And we don't have to try to play the blame game and, and you, you know, if you only saw it my way, then you'd know I was right. And all these, all these roads that we go down in our, our relationships. So. Absolutely. I think that is a a big key to that, right? Is to really that self-understanding and being able to understand each other better and to really honor our differences rather than making them wrong or making the other person try to, you know, be like us, you know, really love and, and honor that. I'm wondering if you could just dive in a little bit deeper into that, how we can use human design as a shamanic tool and, you know, what are some of those applications in the world of shamanism that we can really take it deeper? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, just kind of expounding on on some of the things I've already mentioned, you know, like so in human design, you can what I mentioned is is you you can see where you're defined and you can see where you're open, and it's our openness where our greatest life lessons are going to be. This is where we're here to learn wisdom in life, but also healthy boundaries. So. If you are, it depends what you mean by the shamanic world, because that's a very vast, that's a vast term. You know, how are you like for me, like shamanism in, in the first part of my life was really just understanding, kind of understanding my personal issues, you know, and taking accountability for what I was creating. And you know, so it can look like a lot of things. There's the whole plant medicine and, and um, entheogenic, you know, revolution that's happening now, which a lot of people identify that with, but you know, like in those terms, if you go into a ceremony and you're doing a lot of this deep internal work and you're trying to fix yourself <laughs> through your openness, it's a never end. That's a never ending black hole. You're never going to get to the bottom of it's like taking a shovel and just, you know, dumping the dirt on top of yourself, you know, you're just fixing one problem and shuffling it around to another. So that's why I really feel like in this world of, living authentically and taking accountability for for our what we're putting out in the world this creates a lot of efficiency and and knows where to focus it helps us know where to focus it gives us a map human design the actual rave mandala the rave is a, is the term for the nine centered being in human design so the rave mandala and the rave body graph that you can look at is actually a map so we can, you know, you can use that consciously to, to navigate through 
your journey back home, <laughs> your journey to self-love, your journey to, to healing. And, you know, it's kind of like I was saying earlier, one of the, I feel like one of the primary gifts in benefits of human design is to really love ourselves because the greatest disease of humanity is self-hatred, you know, deep down so many people, when you get to the bottom of things, it's, there's this self-hatred that's there. And that's where our biggest wounds lie. This is, you know, to me, this is, you know, if you want to compare it to like soul retrieval or something, shamanic practice like that, it's, you get your life back and you learn to love and accept yourself as you are. And, and so when you, a lot of times people come into design and they realize, um, I'm just a generator. I wanted to be a manifester or, or vice versa, or, you know, eventually you, you learn to love these things about yourself and accept them. And to me, those are the greatest shamanic tools is, you know, self-love and acceptance of ourselves and, and the other. So, yeah. And we have this very specific map to help us almost logically guide our way through here. It actually, human design, you know, you first come into it, it's very, men it can seem very mental. You know, you look at a body graph, it's like, what is all this? There's all these numbers and configurations and kind of cryptic keynotes for the gates and, and different aspects of things of human design. And, and so it can, it can feel very mental at first, but eventually there's something magical about this system. The way that it's presented allows the mind to surrender. <laughs> so whether you're working on a, in a plant medicine journey, a plant medicine path, you know, or human design, I feel like the two complement each other very well because they're both paths that teach us how to surrender, how to surrender control of the mind, you know, the, the manipulative control of the mind that, that feels like it needs to be in control to feel safe in this world. So human design gives us, you know, you can say it gives us faith in a way, but there's a practical understanding to that because our imprinting, when you understand your imprinting, you, you get to see your purpose and not like your career that you're here to aspire to or anything like that. But like, what's your frequency? You get to see what your frequency is. And then along with these other tools that I mentioned, not in too much detail, but you get these tools that help you recognize these signs of your body to surrender. And a lot of it comes down to just waiting. And in human design, there's we're taught not to, to initiate. We're taught to take the back seat. We're taught to surrender control. And it gives us a practical understanding of that that makes it, well, it's still vulnerable, especially in the beginning of, of what you know, we call it an experiment, because you have to validate this for yourself. But, um, you know, and, and honestly, shamans, the shamanic path is, is the path of great experimenters, <laughs> you know, that's how I see it. And that, that's sort of pertinent to my own design too. I mean, I'm a, I'm what we call a, a, a martyr heretic, a three, five profile, which is, you know, the great experimenter who's here to bring practical solutions, but, you know, it's the shamans that would go out into the, the wilderness and, Hey, look at that mushroom. Let me try that and see what happens if I have that, or, you know, creating, you know, the ceremonies or songs or rituals that shamans have created over time. It's come out of them. And, and the way it's come out of them is when they align with their own unique spirit. And so 
when you can learn to align with your own unique spirit, what's going to come out of you is your own unique, differentiated essence. And, you know, so whether you apply that in a, you know, shamanic ceremonial environment, or whether you apply that to parenting or business or your own personal life in whatever way, it comes through in a, in a more clear, refined, authentic way that's not here to be compared to anything. And so it comes with the full, the full power of that, the full empowerment of that. Thank you for that explanation. I love the concept of it being a map. You mentioned the mandala as like this unique map. And often I say, you know, we come into this world with our own unique energetic signature. Mm-hmm. So I feel like the map provides us, you know, tools or keys into that unique energetic signature. And I'm, I know you mentioned a little earlier about the chakras, like you mentioned sacral chakra, and I know that that's a part of the map. So if you could explain that a little bit, since you went over the the types and this over how it's a shamanic tool. So mm-hmm. chakras and for our listeners are these energy wheels or vortices within the body. How does that also incorporate as part of the map? Am I asking that correctly? Yeah, no, it's a great question. Um, And it's very much a part of the human design um, system. And, And so what human design explains is that we've actually, as a species, we've gone through a mutation. And only in the last 250 years, approximately, where we've evolved into nine centered beings from seven centered beings. And so it's not like we just suddenly got two chakras added on. It was a whole, you know, evolutionary mutation that's kind of evolved over tens of thousands of years, but the nine centered being, you know, those, those energy hubs operate a little bit differently than the way we understand them as the chakras, like in the chakra system, like you, like kind of like you were saying, you know, they're, they can be opened or closed or, you know, that kind of thing with, with human design, we see it more like, you know, you have a defined center or an open center. And so what's, what's defined is what's consistently operating in you. It's, it's part of your wiring, you know, and then how the, the centers are connected through a series of 36 different channels. And so my point here is that the energy flows a little bit differently in the way we look at this nine centered system. So it's not so much about is, you know, is it open or closed? It's more, is it defined where you have part of your consistent nature, where you can see your gifts and talents and tendencies, or is it open where you're, where you can see your sensitivity and also a tendency to create an overcompensating behavior where the mind tries to take that over and, and understand what it's what's coming into it. So, and also the nine centered being, it operates a little differently than we did as a seven centered being. The seven centered being was, you know, every, all this is the energy is moving upward in the, in the seven centered being, the energy moves upward, you know, the Kundalini rising to the, you know, all the way to the, to the top. <laughs> and in the human design body graph, the energy is, is omnidirectional. It moves in all different ways. It's, that's why when you look at it as a map, you can kind of like, you can look where the energy is trying to go. You can look at where the pressures that we all face, how it's all trying to get out or be expressed in one way or another. And the last thing I wanted to say about that is the nine centered being 
is designed to be receptive. So what I mean by that is in our evolution as a seven-centered being, this was a part of our, our human evolution, which is a lot about mental development, developing the powers of the mind and developing the power of the mind over the outer world. You know, think about these master yogis <laughs> and siddhas who could, you know, levitate and ascend, <laughs> do all these amazing things that we could do at the, the pinnacle of the seven-centered evolution. Now, the nine-centered being, well, okay, so, but sorry to backtrack one sec. That, so that part of that seven-centered evolution was about the mental development and mastery over the outer plane. And, and so it was, it was a lot of, there was separation. There was a lot of me versus you and um, hierarchies and things like that. And so in the nine centered way, it's different. We're, we're built to be receptive. We're built to let everything come to us. We're designed to be receptive. So, you know, a lot of you know, you, you hear this talk about we're moving into the age of the Holy Spirit and the return of the feminine and all this stuff. And we are the living embodiments of that as nine centered beings that are really meant to just let everything come to us. Just get out of the way and just let it, let it come. So in the last part of that is that as a nine centered being, we're all given an authority, our own personal authority. It's either some people have inner authority, some people have outer authority, and that's another whole thing that requires an explanation. But whether, you know, learning to recognize those signs, there's something inside of you which can tell you what is right for you. So in the seven-centered evolution, we had, you know, gurus and masters and, and teachers and stuff where we could, you know, benefit from that duality in that sense. And, and here we have, as a nine-centered being, we have that inner authority where we can find and trust our own inner uniqueness. So I hope, really, I hope that wasn't too wordy or too. <laughs> no, that was beautiful. Beautiful explanation. Thank you. And it, it seems like it's really moving toward this. Yeah. Like you said, that inner authority where we're all becoming our own gurus. It's mm -hmm. really, it's not about the external, which I think for so long, there's been a lot of focus on, oh, I have to go outside of myself to, to find the so-called expert or the answer, right? And so there has been this huge shift on coming in to, to really knowing ourselves. And I just want to pose this question and, and maybe you've given it some thought and hopefully, you know, don't throw you off too much, but yeah, like what, what is the, what, how do you see this you know, tapping into the human design and, you know, going into that soul retrieval process and, you know, how is, how do you feel like this might be shifting our consciousness to assist with that ascension process and, you know, coming into the, you know, global love that, you know, we're working on to ascend to? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, well, you know, I got really into the Ascension path for many years, you know, which used to be when you could achieve this state of actually turning your body into light and, you know, like the ultimate experience of highest ultimate experience of the human, 
human potential. And so I actually was a little confused for a while when you talk about this. How does the ascension path fit into like human design? And, and to me, I feel like human design really is an ascension path because, you know, when I was studying some of the ascension material, there was, there were some things that were saying, Oh, well, we don't need to do this whole thing of turning your body into light anymore. Something's shifted in the last, you know, sometime recently. And, but it was never really like very explained, like, okay, well, what does that really mean? You know, you can do all this work on yourself. And then when you drop the body, then, you know, then what happens is it wasn't really clear, but I feel like human design really is what that was talking about in a way, or, you know, the, the foundations of human design, which is about, like I was saying, getting fully in the body. It's not about taking off. It's not about how much love and light can I fill myself with? It's about what am I here to learn? What's the correct environment for me to fulfill my purpose in? You can see all these things in your, in your design. So, so you have these signposts to, you know, see where you're at in your embodiment process. But also part of that is taking the charge off the, you know, this is good and that's bad. You know, there's no morality in human design, in, in the human design understanding. It's some of us are, some of us came here to go through some hard things. You know, this, this human plane is not a heavenly realm. It's a classroom. <laughs> and so, so if you're, if you're looking to, to see what you came here to learn, if you're looking to see, you know, the environment that that's meant your purpose is meant to be fulfilled and, and, and see where you get thrown off. You have this, like we said, this, this mapping to do that. So the more, and again, coming back to self-love, that's how we heal the planet. When we, we're not trying to change others, you know, to see it our way, the right way. It's one of the big kind of jokes of humanity is, you know, 70% of humanity has an open head center and the open head center is gets caught up in thinking about things that don't matter. And then trying to answer all these questions and prove to everyone else that we have all these the answers to the things that don't really matter. And that's, and that's what I see going on out there a lot is, is I've figured it out and I know the way and, and you should listen to my right way to do it. And, you know, whatever, just kind of going off on that. But when you can embody fully, when you can love yourself fully, that's how you heal the planet. When you aren't trying to, you don't have an agenda to change anybody else and you can just be yourself completely that changes the frequency of the planet 100 percent thank you so much for that insight peter that was beautiful Mm. and and a a great way to transition to wrapping things up Mm -hmm. so please tell our listeners where they can find you and what you are currently working on Sure. Well, you can find me primarily, you can go to my website. It's just my name, peterberv.com, B as in boy, E-R-V as in Victor, um, <laughs> or uh, Nova Healing Arts will get you to the same place. And that's kind of shows all the things I do from the you know, body work and healing work and shamanic arts and human design. So that's there. I have a Facebook page and that is, um, I know you guys will post the links, but it's, uh, it's, it's Peter Berv Human Design simple as that look it up and then i do write and record a lot of original music it's all under my name on spotify and apple and it's all meant to be healing music for um you know for for journeying within so um, i always like it when people check out my music otherwise you know the things i'm up to right now i'm slowly planning on uh, wrapping up my healing arts practice in the next year so i can really dive into the shamanic and human design work 
my wife and I recently purchased a piece of land and put up a yurt and we're living the dream by creating our, our healing nature retreat for our family and our community and um, looking to work with people to do, you know, to do retreats and, and do some really, I'm going to really expand my human design work in the coming year with offering more classes and study groups and uh, mentoring and, and with the option to, combine that into some, you know, shamanic studies too. So um, that's about it. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much for being here with us today, Peter, and sharing this beautiful space for conscious conversation. Mm, My pleasure. It's been awesome. Yeah. Thank you. And thank you for listening to Be The Love Podcast. If you've enjoyed listening to our show, please share the love by sharing it with your friends, giving us a five-star written review on iTunes or liking us on Facebook. And please consider supporting our mission to awaken our souls with special guest interviews and speak the love conscious conversations with your co-hosts, myself and Brenda. A monthly donation of $2.22 or $5.55 can really help us with the operating costs of this podcast so we can continue to spread the love. To contribute, visit our Patreon website at patreon.com forward slash be the love podcast. And stay tuned for more episodes being released on Mondays and Thursdays at 5.55 a.m. Mountain Time. Thank you, Heather Lynn, for providing us with your beautiful song to accompany our show, Be the Love. If you would like to learn more about Heather Lynn and her music, please visit her website at heatherlynnmusic.com. And thank you, Christy Grace at Leading Edge Productions for the beautiful design and graphic. And thank you for tuning in. And until next time, we are souls on the journey to align to our divine purpose and shine our lights. So keep on shining.